What is up, guys? Welcome back to the Zach and Pat Show. I'm Zach. This is Pat. This is the show about manhood, fatherhood, entrepreneurship, and the mentality it takes to be successful at those things. And every so often, we'll sprinkle in some helpful real estate advice. Man, life can be tough. We can lose our identity and struggle at times. This is the podcast that lets you know that you're not alone. So if you're someone out there going through any of those things, this is the show for you. What's up, dude? What's going on? <laughs> oh, not much. Yeah. Just, uh, you know, it's a Monday episode, so let's get our uh, get our week started off right. Yeah. Um, anything uh, notable happen for you this past week? Uh, I mean, we're starting to see an uptick in activity. Um, mm-hmm. Got some contracts that came through over the weekend that were... Uh, multiple offer situations and over asking and seller or get uh, clo- um, appraisal gaps and all sorts of stuff. Yeah, dude, I got two buyers under contract this past weekend and both offers were over asking. Yeah. So what one was one had an escalation clause. So yeah, one of mine, one of mine did as well. One of mine had an escalation clause and the other one was just a couple grand over asking, but still, you know, we're, we're starting to see it again. It's coming back. Yes. So, um, you know, if you're out there looking to buy a house this year, my advice for you would be, you know, get in sooner rather than later, just because it's only going to get worse as rates come down. I think things are just going to keep getting more competitive. And, you know, I mean, honestly, it's kind of be a lot of the stuff we're talking about today. Absolutely. Some of these articles we pulled up. Absolutely. Yeah, we're going to be doing a, a deep dive into some some articles we found on on the Internet about real estate and discussing that. But before we get into that, um, wins and losses. Whoa. What was a win? What was a loss for you this past week? Yeah. So um, this past week on Friday, I closed. uh, So my win for this past week, um, this past Friday, I closed on a new investment property for me and my business partner. Um, We're going to be flipping this one. So I've done a handful of flips in the past. I believe I've I've done three. So this will be the fourth flip I've ever done. But this will be the first time, which I'm really excited about this because this is the first time that I'm actually going to be not the one in there swinging the hammers and, and painting the walls and doing all the stuff. I'm going to be kind of playing more of a manager role, kind of stopping by once or twice a week, just checking in on the guys, making sure everything's kind of progressing as it should. So, um, yeah, this will be the first time I'm flipping where I'm not actually the one in there swinging the hammers. So I think this will be a be a good experience. And, you know, cause that's that's kind of where this goes. You can only do right. so much if you're the one in there working on it. So, yeah. you know, if you want to scale and do this thing, because the last time I flipped a house, I noticed because I was in there working on it so much, my sales really suffered because yeah. I wasn't spending as much time prospecting and looking for clients and, you know, doing all the stuff that I need to do that money I know make. to be successful. Yeah, money-making mm-hmm. activities, man. So I uh, so that's something I'm really excited about. We closed on that on this past Friday. So, yeah, the the guys are starting today. So, um, that's awesome. Yeah, Monday, you know, they're, they're, they're starting. So um, really yeah. excited about that. You know, they said that they can hopefully get us turned around in, in four or five weeks. So hopefully I'm, I'm getting it on the market, you know, early sprint, early, early March, early to mid-March is what I'm thinking. So Sweet. Yeah, you know, it'll be a nice. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, we, we originally bought it thinking we were going to turn it into another uh, MTR or, or midterm rental. But, uh, you know, after we took us a while to get our terms for our financing on this one. And when we finally did it, it, you know, the financing terms were great, but they were pretty short term. So we were like, eh, kind of would make more sense just to flip this, make a quick buck on it and then take that and roll it into another, roll it into the next one. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited, man. This will be a fun one. It's, it's like right down the street from one of our other MTRs um, that I, that one actually, you know, um, we just got a booking request on that one this morning. So uh, that's looking good. Um, so that's my big win for this week. 
um, for my loss. Uh, this is something I was actually talking to my business partner about. And again, this is kind of more on the real estate investing side of things. I uh, made a mistake when I first listed one of our properties on Airbnb. I automatically, I didn't realize that, I guess I'm pretty, I'm pretty new to Airbnb. I've not done a ton of those personally. Um, they, I guess when you first book or when you first get your, your, your listing set up, I think they automatically have their instant booking turned on. And at the time, you know, someone just, cause I, it was like right when we had it up for the first time, someone booked right when we had someone in there. So I had immediately go in and cancel the booking and kind of going back and forth with Airbnb after you cancel a booking. Supposedly they take they want to take twenty five percent of the booking. And it was like for like a month long booking, which was like like twenty two hundred bucks, and they want to just take twenty five percent of that just for having really? to cancel it. So I'm like sucks. So I'm trying to figure out if there's a way that we can get out of paying that, but it's not looking so good. So you mean moving forward, do they tell you how to get rid of that instant? Yeah, I okay. immediately turned it off, you know, just being a just a rookie move, obviously a, a learning learning thing, but for those people that are getting into Airbnbs. Yeah, learn from my mistake. I know, you know. Yeah, get that get that book instant book unless you want that instant booking on, which we didn't because it was currently booked up with someone else living in there, so you can't double book it. Right. Um yeah, so that was a big boo boo on my part. So that was my big loss. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What are your uh some wins and losses? So wins, week? yeah. I mean uh approvals, pre approvals are picking up, um, as well as um uh, contracts coming in. So those, yeah, we got one under. Yep. we got one under. And, um, so yeah, so that was been great. So like my, and, and then sticking to my non-negotiables for work, you know, I got my daily habits that I do every day. Um, you know, and I was, I was proud even, you know, we had that snow day last week where the, and the kids weren't in school. And so still being able to do the work that I need to get done on that, on that day, um, which was, which was last Monday. Um, able to still get that work done and even while the kids were there and still be able to balance that single dad life Bro, and, tough. and work life balance. Um, and obviously I, you know, you always want to try and push to do more, but I got accomplished what I wanted to accomplish. So I was proud of that. Um, losses, um, you know, last week I didn't at, with ha- with having the kids on a day home. And obviously bouncing back and forth between work and them, they uh they, they tend to they tend to go off on the house a little bit and make a mess. So I wasn't quite on top of my cleanup game like I normally am. So house house remained a mess until uh until they it was their their mom's turn to have them and then was able to get in. But normally I like to stay on top of that, get them to clean things up at the end of the night, but I mean, they pulled every single toy, their nuggets, all of these things. Most people that don't know what a nugget is, it's like just this big foam pad that that they can play with and fold it into things. Yeah, fold it into things. And if you have kids, I highly recommend getting a nugget. They're awesome. Um, But yeah, so that aspect of it was was kind of a, a... a, a fail for me this yeah. past week, but Bro, of all things to go right, wrong, having a messy house right. is a lot, a lot worse, right. a lot worse things that can happen. So yeah. But, but it, I mean, it all goes back to getting into that routine and how, and how easy it is to, you know, you just let it slide for a couple of days and then it starts snowballing. And I just, you know, I need to make sure that I don't, all right. I mean, I need to make sure I didn't let that happen. So yeah. yeah. Well, hey, that's, that could be a lot worse, buddy. 
So, yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, when yeah, when Gina, we had the yeah, that snow day this past week. Gina was home from school, and then obviously Calvin was here. It's just it's tough to get things done. Oh, absolutely. You know, and you know, Gina had she had work. You know, she had a virtual. She's my wife's a teacher. For those of you that don't know, and uh, so she had a virtual day. So, you know, had to get on a, a couple different Zoom calls, and you know, and that was the times I'm watching Calvin, and, you know, and then when she's right. done, it's just it's just hard to kind of balance everything. Obviously, we, we make it work, but it's just a it's a balancing act and just, uh, just tough, you know, when you're used to kind of having the day to yourself, you know, right. able to kind of do what you need to do to get done. But I feel like those snow days, I feel like everything just kind of shuts down. People just don't want to do things. No. But, and, and I mean, everything was fine by like 10 a.m. Maybe. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, the road, you know, we got like, I mean, everything was just covered in like a sheet of ice and then, Right. Then it just continued to rain all day, and I think that, like, honestly, like, melted most of the snow. So I mean, obviously, there was some ice. There was some trouble. I mean, we St. Louis had that uh, viral video going yeah. down with the, or actually, I guess it was in St. Louis, Jefferson County, which is just south yeah, of St. Louis. Ten minutes away so, from here. Yeah, yeah. Um, had that snow there, that fire truck. Yeah, the fire donut. truck rolling down a neighborhood just. Spun and oh, yeah. you know, maybe Murph can throw up a little picture of the that fire truck spun out of control on the ice. News Women's Kelly Hoskins has more on that frightening. Thankfully, the dude driving it, like honestly, he did it. He uh, I mean, he handled he, himself the, very well. I right. mean, that thing could have ran into like several houses, and he was able to. I think he, I think they literally. I think he hit one car. Yeah, and and I think they said that thing weighs like fifty four thousand pounds. Uh, so it's like just, imagine driving. Didn't you see how fast that thing was whipping around too? Holy shit! It's terrifying. I would have, oh man, and the people like just to see, and like to be the pe- person filming that or seeing that live, like, yeah, holy, seeing that thing come toward your house, right? Oh. Fact, like I don't know, if you, you can zoom in on on like towards the end of the clips, but like, dude, it barely missed that garage. Yeah, could you imagine the damage? The I mean, oh, shoot, dude, just that thing smacking the side right, of your house, right? Like, and just think too, like it takes out that corner, and next thing you know, the that whole, whole house is done. Yeah, that foundation, the foundation fucked forever. Oh yeah. Yeah, but I mean, they, they definitely, he definitely handled, I mean, I know like Jefferson County came out, or Rock Creek, I think is the fire department. Came Rock out community. With like this, or Rock community, yeah, mm-hmm. that's what it is. Uh, came out with a, uh, you know, big apology thing. It's like, man. What are you apologizing for? What are you apologizing for? You for? Can't like, know. you fucking handled yourself like a fucking G. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it could have been, could have been a lot worse, but yeah. So. Sign that guy up for the next uh, stunt driver in Dude. Fast and the Furious. Yeah, I mean, he could, sick. <laughs> fucking cool, so. Yeah. Awesome. Well. Uh, today, you know, this is kind of the, the way we're doing, doing the podcast is every other Monday, we're going to dive into real estate stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, last Monday, you know, we talked about toxic masculinity this Monday, big change. We're going to talk about real estate. Yeah. Something we're a little bit more yeah. comfortable talking about <laughs> <laughs> or maybe a little bit more knowledgeable. Cause I definitely yeah. got some feedback from the last one. I don't know if you did. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of feedback. Yeah, lots of it. Yeah, so ugh. nothing wrong with that. But that's no, the point yeah, of it: stir, sure. stir up conversations. And, and that was a lot of stuff we didn't touch on. But, yes. Um. We'll 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 tackle it down the road. Yeah. So. Um. Yeah. So we got a couple a uh, couple articles here that we wanted to pull up. Um. Wall Street Journal came out with this article: Home sales were the lowest in almost thirty years in twenty twenty three. High mortgage prices made home buying home buying prohibitively expensive mm-hmm. for many last year. So obviously you and I saw a lot of this. Um, we saw a lot of people, you know, the, the high interest rates knocked a lot of buyers out of the market and yeah. you know, it was, it was a slow year for, for most agents. And, you know, I did see another article that we were considering pulling up that like, I think it was like 49% of licensed real estate agents last year sold, sold one home or less. 
which is a wild fucking wow. stat. I mean, but also have, let's look at it too. I mean, how many part-time agents are there? You know, how many people just get their license and let it sit there? So, you know, I think they're you, know, you got to think that's also right. Agents that are maybe, or people that like investors that maybe buy it as a, or they have right. their license and they, they use it just to list their own flips right. or, or they use it for other purposes. But yeah, yeah, it's crazy. The amount of, you know, the amount of part-time agents, it yeah. just makes me feel like I'm, I'm doing things right. Well, considering I had, you know, my best year ever. Right. So. Well, and it just goes back. I mean, it goes to show the work and dedication that you put in and put into your clients. Um, and then your ability to communicate why, even though where the market is right now, that it's still an effective time to buy. Um, but also you have, I mean, I mean, it just goes back to that saying, what is it? 90% of, or the 10% of agents do 90% of the business. Yeah. I mean, so make sure when, when you're looking into agents, like you're, you're dealing with somebody that knows what the hell they're doing, especially somebody that's been able like yourself to grow a business in a down market. Mm -hmm. And, you know, same for me. Um, you know, my last year was better than the year before. Um, you know, obviously wanting to grow and grow, obviously it's nowhere close to what it was in 2020 or 2021. Um, even just taking away the re the amount of refinances that we did, the purchase business was still down, you know? Right. Um, but it just ties in. I mean, you, we've seen home values increase pretty drastically, even though I think it says right here, it was like, uh, 19% over the last three years, uh, nationwide, I think is what it says here. Oh, wait, no, I'm sorry. That's, uh, slightly, they slid 19% in 2023 from the prior year yeah. to, oh, wow. So nine, they were down 19%. Okay, well, yeah. I was completely looking at that wrong. And I mean, and like I said, a lot, to, a, a big part of that was interest rates, mm -hmm. you know. Well, and I mean, we jumped from, when was the big jump? It was when, July of Well, we saw we, we saw it start to gradually go up over the course of 2022. So at the beginning of 2020, so, I mean, over the course of the year is a pretty big jump because we started, I remember being in the beginning of 2022 and still talking with people about refinancing when rates were in the low to mid threes. And then we are, you know, at, at one point we got up into this, the low sevens, low to mid, actually mid sevens. And then towards the end of the year, once we, we started to get new inflation numbers to come out and saw inflation was starting to drop. We saw a little bit of, you know, rates drop back into the mid to high sixes by the end of the year going into the start of 2023. Well, from the start of 2023, we saw rates peak in the eights. You know, we were looking low to mid eights in October. Mm -hmm. And then since then, we've seen rates come back down pretty drastically um, from the low to mid eights back into, you know, high sixes, low sevens. Um and and that's going to start helping. I mean, we saw as soon as we saw that drop, we started to see buyer activity pick up. Right. And it's only going to continue with the Fed wanting to cut the Fed fund right now. The one thing that people misconstrue is when the Fed cuts or raises the Fed fund rate, that doesn't automatically mean interest rates are going to go up or down. It just depends on where we're at in the economy. So like early on when inflation was really starting to rise and the Fed was raising the Fed fund rate. That looked at, that was a good thing because they were trying to combat inflation. So anytime they raised the Fed fund rate, we actually saw interest rates decrease. They, they would drop as soon as they raised the Fed fund rate. And then after so long, then it became a bad thing. It's like, 
well, you guys say you're fighting inflation and you're still raising the Fed fund rate. Like, to what point? So now, like, for for the most most part, for the last half of 2023, every time they raise the Fed fund rate, rates would go up. So it, it's not always, hey, they're raising the Fed fund rate, rates are going to go up. Or, hey, they're dropping the Fed fund rate, rates are going to go down. Now, heading into this year, where they're talking about raising or lowering the Fed fund rate, it's going to have the same initial impact that it did when they were raising the Fed fund rate. It's going to cause rates to drop um, just because they feel like they've got inflation under control. Um, the biggest thing right now is employment data, and employment data is is coming in still it's still coming in stronger than expected and it's kind of keeping us from really seeing a drop in rates but as soon as we start to see the unemployment rate rise jobless claims so people filing for unemployment for the first time we're going to start seeing uh, and those numbers start to rise we're going to start seeing interest rates drop even more and then add in a recession which they're projecting we'll have an answer on that by fourth quarter of this year and that could cause rates to drop so Fannie Mae, I think, was projecting rates to be back into the high high fives by the end of this year. So anytime the rates are continuing to drop, that's just going to bring more and more people. So like I always, comp- I'm like looking into this. I'm comparing what this year to 2020, mm-hmm. and then next year when rates are back into the fives, firmly in the fives as they're predicted, that's going to be a repeat of 2021. Yeah. So you know, yeah, if you're waiting around for for home prices to to go go down. You're you're going to be waiting a long time just because not only are more buyers going to be entering the market, driving the prices up, we're still have a have a drastically, drastically short supply of inventory. Oh, absolutely. You know, there's there's still I think I saw a stat that like that like 40 something percent. I think it's like 45 percent of the country has an interest rate below 4 percent. Yeah. So it's like most of those people are not going to move unless they absolutely have to. Yeah, And I can't remember the article that I saw, um, but it was some something along so along those lines where like 50% of people that would or or 50% of the people that would be willing to sell are waiting for rates to come back in the fives because yeah. they're going to have to buy another house. But sure. like, and here's the thing people think, well, as people start selling their homes and listing their homes, well, yeah, we're going to have more listings, mm-hmm. but you're also adding more buyers to the pool. So it's really kind of a wash yeah, um, because those people have to go somewhere. Right. And I mean, the one good thing is we just got builder sentiment the other day, like, so they survey builders and what their thoughts are and on the economy and where they're at. And we're starting to see builder sentiment rise, meaning they're wanting to start building again. And we, we saw a, a decrease in that. I mean, we've got some local builders here that are all about just buying up as much land as they can and throwing up, you know, okay homes. And you know, we know who we're talking about. Yeah, we, we do. We're not going to say any names. Yeah, we got a closing with them this month, so I'm not going to talk shit. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, they, yeah, so they, I mean, there's still builders out there buying land, building homes, but it's drastically slowed down from where it was uh, because of those higher rates. People, you know, when you go, when you're building a house for people that don't know, you're going under contract and turn times now uh, for most builders are about a year. And there's, and and there's, there's a lot that can happen, especially those people that bought that went under contract in 2022 and then, or 2023 and rates shot up. I mean, there's long-term locks and things that you can do to protect yourself. And we did a lot of those, but you know, it's still, it's still not, it's, it's still, you still have to be prepared for a potential higher payment when doing new construction. So those builders were seeing a lot of people no longer qualified 
to purchase. And so they, they got scared and kind of shut things down. I know, you know, my business partner and I had a, you know, especially my business partner has a really good relationship with a builder in Jefferson County. And he just kind of, he just, just kind of stopped building. So. Yeah. That's, that's the issue. Cause mm-hmm. I mean, it can't, and it all comes back to the supply. There's so many like first time home buyers out there that are just kind of, that there's not homes out there for them. Like we were having a conversation earlier today with, with Bree at the gym, yeah. like that, that new first time home buyer price, at least in St. Louis is, you know, right around 200,000. I mean, that's, that's kind of where, if you're wanting to buy something in a decent area, that's, yeah. you know, that's, that's really kind of where you need to be, yeah, you know, it's, to be honest. I mean, sure. You can buy, you can find things for less than that. I have, I have several clients that I've helped buy for how buy houses for much less than 200, but you know, they're not, they're few and far between and you know they there's there's going to be some some you know some things about the house that you might not be super fond of right or the area or these other things you know there's just just is where it is and that's, that's unfortunately that's where where things are you know I, we've just seen some crazy crazy appreciation over the last five years and i mean really over the last three but it's uh it's just just made things more expensive but look around i mean everything's more expensive right, right. now i mean go to the groceries go to the grocery store and try not to spend a hundred dollars. Right. Pretty much. Possible. Well, I'm just glad the media's kind of stopped, <clears throat> stopped talking about a crash, a real oh, estate crash. God, you know, like I haven't seen anything about a crash in a really long time, but for a while there, they were talking about a real estate bubble, but that's the thing is like, no, because real estate is the basic principle principle of supply and demand. Right now, demand is through the roof and supply is the lowest it's ever been. And what are they? I think we're like five or six years behind mm-hmm. in, on inventory. Like that, yeah. So we're going to, we're going to continue to be on, be behind on stuff like that. So it's like, what, where, where is this going to, where is this crash going to happen now? Eventually. Yeah. As soon as, as supply and demand catch each other, there's going to be kind of a slowdown. I don't, we won't see the massive appreciations that we're seeing, but I do think that's needed because things are, have gotten out of hand quickly. I mean, there, it's a balancing act. Yeah. You know, so, but I don't, you know, I don't see us anytime soon having a collapse of the real estate market. If we did, I mean, our, that, that's like one of the biggest parts of our economy and would definitely screw things up. So, um, but yeah, I mean, there's, I'm glad we're not hearing that, you know, the media is not spewing that out. Like it's just false. Like there's, it's just a false narrative that they're putting out there. And I'm glad they finally realized it. Yeah. So definitely. All right. Well, let's get into our, our next one. So um, this one's for you, buddy. This yeah. is more, more your ballpark than me. Falling mortgage rates should boost home sales. Fannie Mae says. So for those of you out there that don't know, maybe Pat could give us an explanation on who Fannie Mae is. Uh, so Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac are government sponsored entities. Um, they're they're the ones that set the guidelines for when it comes to purchasing a house. So when you call me for a con, for conventional loans, so when you call me and you're like, hey, I'm trying to get a house, like you know, what are my options? And we're looking at the different options. You know, if if you if if you qualify, we're gonna look at Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. They're two conventional loans. Uh, they also collect. They do a lot of research and 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 analysis of the markets and things like that. Uh, so everything's looking, you know, so everything in there, what they're seeing is saying that, you know, and, and, and this is just in my mind, this is just a general, you know, headline to get your attention because again, 
we're still short on inventory. So I don't see like, yeah, we're going to have, we're going to have lower interest rates, which might drive more people to list their house, but more buyers coming into the market. And so there might be a slight uptick to that, but actual, I don't know. And we're going to, we will see potential more business this year just because lower rates are going to cause more people to list their house and want to want to move away from the lower rates because it's going to be, it's not going to be as high as it was last year. So, and you know, it kind of just, you need to make sure, like I said, Fannie Mae is just one aspect or one program. There's many different programs out there, but, um, and, and most, most of them are projecting more sales, which obviously rates drop more people enter the market, more people listing. It's going to happen. Do I think it's going to be huge? I don't think it's going to, I mean, it's going to definitely be better than last year. Yeah. But I mean, it's not going to be 2020 or 2021. No, no. I mean, it, 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 it's yeah. I mean, 2020 and 2021 will never be, I don't think we'll ever be seen again because we're, I mean, we're never going to see rates that low again. And like everybody was able to get approved at that point because it was so easy and, and, and qual to qualify for that. So, but the thing is, is, on the flip side of that, you know, home value, as rates drop, home values are going to go up, creating competition. So even though rates are lower, you're paying more for a house. So it's still going to be the same. We're still going to have the same conversation with clients. Like find, you need to find a house with a payment that you're comfortable with. Mm-hmm. Forget about the interest rate. Think about the payment because there's a lot of aspects of your payment that you need to be focused on and be comfortable with that. You can always refinance down the road. But you have to be comfortable with that payment when it comes to purchasing a house. If you're not, then don't buy. If you find a house that you want and it's in that payment, jump on it. Right. Everybody buys off that monthly payment. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's what, I mean, because you got to look at something. When, when you're looking at a, you know, a three or $400,000 house and you're looking at, you know, that is a ton of money. You know, that's more money than most people have in their bank accounts. I guarantee it. So that's more money than, you know, people are used to seeing. And so when you think about that, it seems like so much. But when you really break it down to, like, all right, what is this going to cost me every month? It's mm-hmm. such a much more, like, digestible thing to think about. And, uh, you know, I just think people really need to kind of think about that. Just just basically, I'm just reiterating what you said. There. Absolutely. But it's just looking at it in more of a bite-sized portion than this whole big loan. It, right. It makes, I mean, you know, do you want to rent for the rest of your life? Right. Because, I mean, I, most, you know, I think there's a stat out there that, you know, the amount of wealth that people who own homes versus people that rent, it's like exponentially more. Right. So, I mean, it's the biggest wealth driver that most people have is the home. Right. And, and that's, and, and you're starting to see a comparison now, like looking at the largest generation in the world, baby boomers. I mean, their wealth is huge, but you know, it's, they got into homes very young and they've held on to them. Mm-hmm. And so they just have all of this built up appreciation that they've gained from owning homes. And it's hard. Yeah. It's hard for, especially right now, the biggest buyers right now are millennials. That's the biggest generation, the second biggest generation. And as soon as we start seeing, you know, that we might even be able to pull it up, the gray tsunami that they're talking about or something like that about, you know, about, um, you know, the baby boomers selling their homes and, and listing their homes for retire, like, like retirement, communities and all that like that that that's the thing and hopefully 
what silver. experts have, here it is right here. Yes. What experts have right and wrong about the silver tsunami? Yeah, that's a that's an that's another thing that we have to look at and take into consideration because I don't think right now I don't think it's gonna in the next couple of years it's gonna affect us, but I do think in a few it will, which would be great because it's gonna drive more inventory because a lot of these a lot of these baby boomers are older. They're gonna be moving to more especially you know especially for missouri move to more retirement friendly states to where they're not getting taxed as much as they would if they stayed here so like a like a state like florida and a lot of those you know it's a great state people retire there because of the tax laws and it's it's cheaper and then and they're keeping more of their money when it comes to that so you know that's something that could open up more inventory but when you know we don't know when it's going to happen or or um you know when it does happen, how big it's going to be. So yeah, it says right here in 2020 U S census reported that one in six people in America were age 65 and over in 1920, the proportion was less than one in 20. So just basically what you said, how, how, what a big generation the, the baby boomers are. It's huge. Yeah. It's crazy. So if you've got parents or family that are, are baby boomers, you should be nice to them because you could potentially buy their house from them. Yes. Because yeah. that's another way of going about purchasing real estate, man. Like that's that's always the easiest sale. Like I'm, I, I've talked to several people in the past where they've they've come up to me and they're like, you know, hey, we're working with you, but we just got a great opportunity from a family member. Right. And I'm like, hey, I don't blame you. If I was in your shoes, do the same thing. Yeah. You know, if there's anything I can do to help, right. let me know. But it's, uh, I mean, that's a great opportunity. I mean, I've I've bought houses from family members um before it's it's a great great opportunity absolutely well you know if you can that and and you know especially for first-time home buyers that may not have down payments getting a gift of the equity in the house Mm -hmm. towards down payment can help you come in with plus a credit obviously i mean you need to figure out the price point i mean i will have i will say that you know most of the deals that i get that are like that they're usually buying the house for less than what it's actually worth Mm-hmm. when you know what like you might like hey you're you're say for example you've got a family member that owns a home that's two hundred fifty thousand dollars, but they're willing to sell it to you for 200 well why not why not purchase it from them at 250 and have them gift you 50 grand 50 grand or as as equity you could do shit 45 towards the down payment five towards your closing costs you've essentially just bought a house for no money Right. And they're still walking away with what they originally wanted, which was 200,000. Right. So there's, there's so many different ways. And those are the conversations I have with people that are going through stuff like that. And, you know, trying, obviously numbers make sense to me, Um, you know, but not everybody gets that. And I'm just like, well, let's, let's look and see what the difference between your payments going to be by doing it that way versus this way maybe that might make more sense to them and the whole gift of equity. Like let me have that conversation with them so they can understand it. You don't have to try to explain it. That's why I'm here to help explain that to you. So yeah, there's, there's so many different aspects and ways to purchase homes, but that silver wave I think is going to be huge. Yeah. I mean, we don't really know what it's going to hit. Or, or there's, you know, and if you have, if, if you are, if you are in that generation, if you are a baby boomer and you're thinking about selling your house, um, I mean, you might, like I said, you might have a family member that you might want to talk to first. 
before you before you go and put it on the market. And it's a win-win for both of you guys. Um, so next one, home ownership is now unaffordable in these 50, 57 counties, study says. Um, yeah, I saw something. I don't know if it's going to be in here, but the home new median price has term. rose by 50% since 2021. Again, 50% growth and appreciation. So think about that person that bought in 21. They're not 50% richer than they were when they when before they bought because of just because of appreciation. Now the people buying, you know, that's I mean that's part of it, but yeah. Bummer. Yeah. Hey. Hey. But now you can get best into it. Best time hopefully. to buy a house was 20 years ago. Next next, next right. best times tomorrow, right. you know. Right. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, I think I saw something recently that I think it said that the average home in the United States is like three hundred and eighty two thousand dollars or something i think like it's the average home mm-hmm. price in all of the, the whole country and to afford that you need to be making like uh, i mean you you would know better than me but i think you need to be making around like a hundred and fifteen thousand dollars so so know. here's here's my problem and i did a video on this if you go back through my social media um i like this article better because it's actually breaking it down Per area. Yeah, like this one's got. Yeah. This is on this is an article on the hill, by the way. Right. And so yes, in certain areas, I mean, shoot, I think it came out a couple, you know, about a month ago that only like twenty percent of people that live in California are actually able to afford to live in California. I believe that. Um, but when you look at you gotta look at your individual area and there's tools like you can Google Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac, you can Google their average medium income per zip code. It'll tell you what the average medium income is. Now it's household income, mm-hmm. but fifty percent of that obviously is a sing- what they think feel is a single person, and eighty percent, you know, there, and because there, there's programs based around this. But I mean, I'll be honest, a lot of the stuff that I'm seeing now, especially kids coming out of college, they're making sixty, seventy thousand dollars a year, mm-hmm. and but. If you go and look at the household income and like here in St. Louis, I thought when I did the video, I think the average sales price was right around 290,000 mm-hmm. and, but with an average medium income of 108, people in St. Louis can, with a household income of that can very easily afford that. Right. Um, based on, and as long, like I said, as long as you don't have an, like, an exuberant amount of expense monthly expenses or liabilities um and you're not living outside your means the you should be able to stay away what, from those high high uh high credit card payments and and expensive car payments if you're trying to buy a house absolutely best thing i can best advice i can give you absolutely you want to make sure that you're you you're, get a garage before you buy the Benz. yeah you know? exactly <laughs> i had one client grant he was a musician he he bought a very expensive drum set right before closing, which, which would have killed the deal. I'm like, dude, just go return it, get a receipt that you returned it. We'll get it removed from your credit and go buy it after we close, buy it after we close. <laughs> you know, Damn. because if you, you, you know, you keep that drum set, it's gonna be on the street with you. Cause yeah. it ain't going in the house. You cause you're not, house, you're, not you buy it. you're not getting that house. So, yeah. but yeah, so it's, <laughs> yeah, it, it, there's, like certain areas and that's the thing i wish they would you know they're obviously they want they want click it's clickbait but i think they should do on the flip side hey here are the 50 most affordable 
areas or, right. or do it. It's per, always the negative. Do, shit. It, do it per state. Like, hey, here's the most affordable areas to purchase in each state. Yeah, or what the major, what, whether, or just do the major, major cities, mm-hmm. which unfortunately I don't think St. Louis ever gets qualified because we're broken up into St. Louis city and St. Louis County. I saw but, a girl, she recently, she's a great follow on Instagram here. Uh, her, she, she's a real estate investor. Her, her handle, I believe is lattes and leases. And, uh, she's a, she's a great, like real estate investor. And she did a post. I want to say it was the last week. I think it was like the 12 most or the 12 best or 12 most affordable cities to buy rental property mm-hmm. or something. And St. Louis made the list. Yeah. That was super cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. There's a lot of cool thing. Like there's a lot of articles like that, that come out. I remember when I first got in the business, probably, well, maybe it was a year or two in, but St. Louis was ranked as one of the best real estate markets in the country. Really? Yeah. And then, I mean, we usually like, there's usually some part of St. Louis or St. Louis County that's that's going to get recognition i mean like where i'm at in baldwin usually is in the top 10 every year of safest places to live in the country which is awesome hell yeah that's part of the reason why i moved there and not to mention just the people just friend it's friendly friendly people but yeah i mean and in school district wise like every year you know there's always one or two school districts that are always in the top like 25 of the in the nation so it's it's there and it's affordable here. I mean, why do you, I mean, shoot, how many investors do you have that are from the coast that are buying up properties here in St. Louis? Several. Because they can. And, and, right. it's the, and, and you can buy a house for $200,000. Yeah. Yeah, you can. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you can get a three bedroom, two bath for 200,000 in certain areas. Yeah. Damn right. Yeah. And you're going to turn around and you're going to make money on it because of, of what you're paying for that house and what you can charge in rent. Right. So, you know, but it's just, there's, there's so much that goes into it and, and in order to really dig into these, these episodes or dig into this affordability that the, or the unaffordability of real estate right now, you really have to know your area. And you're only, the only way you're going to do that is talking to a real estate professional and a mortgage professional that knows the stuff. Like not, like I said, not all, how we just 49% of real estate agents only did one transaction. I'm sure I mean, shit, from the, from 2021 to where we're at now, 2021, there was 300,000 licensed loan officers to where we're at now. I think there's right around 80. So, That's I mean, wild yeah, set. and it's, there's, you know, every it, 220 people, mm-hmm. 220,000 people left the business. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah, I mean, what know, business for you, man. Right. So, well, and, and it's just, yeah, it, you, you learn to communicate. We've talked about it on other episodes, but being able to communicate and articulate these things in a way for people to understand. I mean, I didn't have any, I mean, last year was, was a great year for me. You know, I did more business last year than I did the year before. And, you know, it all came down to how I communicated with my clients and and why, even though rates were high, why it was still a good time to buy Mm -hmm. Um, and why getting into a home how that's going to affect your wealth moving forward. And once you start talking about that and you start really thinking about it, cause you can't think about uh, like, this is, this is an investment, you know? Yes. It's the home and the place where you live, but it's also an investment. And you mentioned it earlier, like homes below 200,000, hey, they might not be in the best shape, but quite frankly, that's, they're still out there. And that's the most affordable way to get into a house is putting some sweat equity. hundred percent. I will never buy a house that's fixed up, ready to go. Never. Yeah. That's, that's like, I mean, look, look at this house. There's a lot that needs to be done still, but mm-hmm. you know, before, 
we sell it or move on from it or do whatever. I mean, I'm certainly going to do all the repairs that, you know, we need to do to it. So, um, exactly. I just think that's the best advice I can give anybody. I mean, I get it. You don't want to move into a house and have to do a bunch of work. And, but you know, if you're really trying to make that, make that money on it, then I mean, you know, buy something that's a live in flip. You know, yeah. I think that's the best way to do it. I mean, shit, I built a brand new house and the first, the day we closed by, you know, 10 PM that night, we had everything ripped out of it. We just did super basic stuff with how much they upcharge on some of that stuff. And knowing contractors, right. we were able to, to customize the house and get things that we wanted way cheaper than what the builder was going to do it for. And the value of our home went from in one year gained almost a hundred thousand dollars in, in one year. So, you know, there's, there's things that you can do, whether it's a brand new house or, or it's, it's an existing home. There's always things that you can do to build sweat equity. And if, if you're in a market and, and you can't find what you're looking for at a higher, you know, at where you're at, look at something that's been on the market for a little while at a cheaper price point and may not have everything that you want, but you can go in and fix it up and make it your own. Damn so, right, man. Yeah. Well, uh, I think that's a good place, good place for us to stop. We'll wrap it up. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So I appreciate everybody listening today. Make sure to uh, follow Pat and I on Instagram. I'm at Zach underscore Vegas. Pat's at STL underscore Mortgage Nerd. Um, make sure you tell a friend about the show. Like, subscribe, and we will see you on Thursday. See ya.